Welcome to Stories Behind the Stars podcast, dedicated to honoring the fallen heroes of World War II. In this podcast series, I have the opportunity to interview researchers who volunteer their time to research and find the story of each individual fallen World War II hero. Tonight, I have the opportunity to be with Red Mulvaney. And Red, could you take some time to introduce yourself and explain how you found this project? Sure. Uh, I am Red Mulvaney, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a long time ago. Um, went into the U.S. Navy right out of high school, spent 33 years in the Navy. I was a Mustang officer that, uh, as I call it, got busted from chief petty officer to ensign. A uh, painful couple of years in my life before I earned some respect back, but uh, eventually got it and retired as a commander. And uh, spent a lot of time with the Marine Corps. Uh, as I was a Navy hospital corpsman and a medical administrator, uh, some people may not know that the Marine Corps does not have their own medical people. So traditionally, those are Navy hospital corpsmen and nurses and physicians, etc. Um, currently, I'm retired and living in Murrieta, California. Still have a lot of family in Wisconsin, but. Uh, my days of liking snow are long past, so that's why I live where I live. Um, and that's about it in terms of intro. As, as far as my uh, joining Stories Behind the Stars, I was just perusing Facebook one day and up popped one of the stories there that Don or somebody else had posted. And I really took an interest in it. I have been working on my own family genealogy for roughly 20 years. I've published books on my family and on my wife's family. I'm Irish-German and she's German-Polish. And uh, so that's been a labor of love. And I just thought that the stories behind the stars was kind of a natural tie-in with a limited skill set that I have in terms of, uh, you know, intermediate level uh, expertise in genealogy and family history. And being a career military man, that was also very special to me as well. Um, and I, you'll probably hear me say this a lot during this interview, but I, I look at the folks that were involved in World War II as truly the greatest generation. Uh, the sacrifices and the heroics of those people, as I research each and every name, is just unbelievable. Well, uh, that's exciting that you uh, found it. And so far, you've said, you know, we were talking earlier that you've done 110 so far. So yes, that's... I, I joined uh, Stories Behind the Stars, I think, on the 21st of January. And it's been a labor of love and it's been truly enjoyable. And I told Don the other day he created a monster, um, but that's okay. Um what I'm doing now specifically is I'm working on the D-Day names, as I think most of us are in an effort to get all of those names done before D-Day of this year. Uh, when I don't have any D-Day names to work on, I've 
taken on a very ambitious goal of working on all the killed in action from my home state of Wisconsin. And that number is somewhere up around 4,100 names. I don't know if I'll get there in my lifetime, but I'm going to do what I can to put a dent in it anyway. So that's amazing because I know my, Don, he took on the Utah project. They had, I think, in total 23. So that's twice 2,300. So that's twice the size of Utah to right. do Wisconsin. So hopefully we'll be able to get some, you know, more volunteers, get more press out there and, and get more people joining you so that you're not, <laughs> you don't have to write all those, you know, on your own. Cause that's a. No, absolutely. Endeavor. I would welcome anyone to do this. I have, I have been a, a good ambassador for the program. I've, there's a lot of people I've spoken to that at least have interest in the program, uh, probably more so in reading rather than writing. But, you know, if I can get onesies, twosies in, that's even better. We have also, uh, in conjunction with one other writer, I think we've completed all of the killed in action names for the state of Wisconsin If we from D-Day. If we uh, have not, we are very close to doing that. So wow. that turns out to be, I think it was 50 names specifically on D-Day from the state of Wisconsin. Uh, have you realized that this, you don't have to be a professional genealogist to do this project? Or has it been kind of, I wish I would know these skills or I wish I would have known these things to do this? No, I think... That, you know, there's certainly a learning curve in terms of, of working your way around the Internet to various sites to gather the data that go into writing the stories. Um, I don't think anyone that writes these stories that I've seen is an F. Scott Fitzgerald type author. Um, it's just a matter of the compilation of sources from a wide number of available Internet uh, resources you know, I always admire the people that did genealogy prior to the internet because I've done some of that and had to go to libraries and city halls and look up records. And that is really labor intensive. And we are blessed in this era to have the internet to be able to do that sitting at a desk. Uh, I think it's just a, it's a perfect tie in with what Don and SBTS are trying to accomplish. So you know, any, I would advise anyone to take it on, you know, basic basic bottom line is ancestry.com has free trial period for two weeks. If you don't like it, then don't do it. If you do like it, then sign up and then hook up with Don and start writing these stories. Cause we still got a lot to go. Yeah. I, I like how you say, you know, like it's where you've got the internet. So, so long as you can just work through that and learn a few things, like you've got all the tools in front of you. So you can just jump right in. As you've been doing your research, have you come across any names that really stood out to you or stories that you'd like to highlight or share with us? Um, I have a couple uh, and without mentioning any names, but I will just say that uh I was researching one of the uh, D-Day killed in action people. And as I went through the write-up in my research, I noted that he had a younger brother that was also killed in the war about five months after he was killed on the beaches in Normandy. That one really touched me. 
and uh, that two sons from the same family could die that close together in a war. Um, there was certainly a lot of that that happened that the public probably will never know about, but the impact on that single family just really got my attention. And then one other one was a gentleman uh, that served in the South Pacific that basically single-handedly led a bonsai charge of his own against the Japanese and, and took out quite a few Japanese soldiers before he himself was killed. Um, just the heroism of these people to do that and to sacrifice for country, knowing that when they jump out from behind that tree or bush or behind that tank, that they're going to be in the middle of machine gun fire and still be willing to do that for this great country just blows me away. This particular gentleman ended up being awarded the Silver Star uh, for his actions in combat. And that's a pretty prestigious award, but the price in his case was pretty high. As, as you were talking, it actually made me kind of think about, you know, in the movies, you see all these guys fighting this battle, right? And so, like, you see people come out of the the behind the trees and go do the charge and stuff and it's just a person right in a movie but then like they have a name and they have a story besides just that two seconds clip in that movie right and right. what we're doing is finding that person right we're finding that average citizen and we're telling that story instead of this big huge picture but that story of that one guy who who took had the bravery to do that charge that's what turns the big picture of the war, you know, and we have to have a lot of those kind of men in order to win. And, Correct. but yet we don't really know what those men stories are, you know? Well, one of the things I did Tatiana when I was in the military as a medical planner and we would write medical plans for various contingency operations and one thing that's always factored into those plans from a medical perspective is an estimated casualty rate. And in today's day, if you have a casualty rate of 30%, that's significant. In reading some of these stories and some of this unit information that I've uncovered in my research, some of these units on the beach at Normandy had like 95% casualties. As soon as that boat ramp dropped, machine gun fire was going into that boat. And one veteran interview that I listened to in particular, he says, I don't need to tell you about it. He says, you watch the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, and that's exactly spot on. And I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine that. Uh, yeah. Just heroics beyond compare. Wow. So as you've been doing these stories, has it changed your perspective at all or enlightened your viewpoint at all of current day events or, or, you know, past history events? I think I've always been a student of history to, to a pretty high degree. I'm, you know, a, a lover of the history channel and documentaries, particularly military documentaries. I don't know that it's changed my perspective that much. 
I think I probably have a greater, even greater appreciation for what went before me in the military. Um, you know, my father, for example, was, was on a troop transport ship that was headed to fight the Japanese in Burma when the atomic bombs were dropped in Japan. So he got diverted over to India and spent about a year under Mountbatten's command in India. And probably part of it being Irish and not really caring for the English. <laughs> um, he had some issues with that, but his takeaway from that is he liked tea until the day he died. So, I mean, there, there was something that came out of that for him. But, you know, there but for the grace of God, my dad's over in the jungles of Burma. I could maybe not even be here right now. And his generation was willing to do that. Today's generation, personally, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to comment one way or another, but I'll say those guys had a lot of courage. And yeah. a lot of love of country. And love of country, I, in my Red Mulvaney's opinion, is something we've maybe lost a little sight on. I yeah. don't think the, the patriots that they were back in the 1940s. I really like what you said, you know, that they have that level of love of country. And you see that with everything. Like I had, I did an interview uh, with um, a lady whose focuses on, on the women who've been killed in World War II. There's not a lot of them, but she's trying mm -hmm. to find them. And um, she's, she says, it just surprises me. Like, you know, one of these women, she signed up because her brother was killed and then she ended up being killed, but she did it because she wanted America to be free. And she felt like, you know, she needed her brother's memory to be for something and we needed to win the war. And, yes. you know, like that kind of just, it was this big picture of like, we're fighting for something that is so precious to us. So would you have any advice to people who are um, new to this project or thinking about doing this project that you think would be helpful for them? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, it, it may look formidable as you're starting out, but, you know, just keep plugging away. If you write a story a week, I think that's all Don's looking for. Um, so take your time with it. Don't don't be the type A kind of person that Red is. You know, Red can't go to bed at night if Red hasn't written three to four stories that day. You know, and, and you know, I can't apologize for that because that's just the way I am. But, you know, be patient with it. Enjoy the research and enjoy the stories and the history there and the sacrifice of these folks so that we in America today can be the way we are in America today. And I've done a lot of traveling around the world in my lifetime and career, and this is still the best country in the world by far. And for those that don't believe that, then I would suggest do some traveling and then tell me about it. I agree with you. I've spent some time all over, all over Europe <clears throat> and I would definitely agree with you. It's, it's just you big breath of fresh air when you come back to America and you think, wow, we're so lucky, so lucky, so blessed. We and are blessed. I really like what you said, you know, enjoy the process of, of learning about these men and, I think that's a lot of researchers have said that they just have so much joy doing this project because it makes them feel like, you know, 
I'm honoring them and I'm doing something for them that gave something so precious to me. So I really like how you said that. I, I look at it, Tatiana, as kind of my way of giving back. Um, 70 years later, but, you know, I'm giving back. And these people deserve to be recognized by, by us and by the succeeding generations. And if, if these stories aren't documented now, they never will be. It's like when you're working on your family history and the last of a generation passes away. You don't have it anymore. You can't. You know, tell me about Milwaukee in the 1930s. Well, there's nobody to tell you, you know. So, yeah, we have to capture it now. We have to document it. And, and I think it's going to be better for all concerned in the future. Well, thank you so much for taking your time with us tonight and sharing some of the things you've learned and your insights. And we're excited to, you know, get Wisconsin going. <clears throat> um, and and get you some more volunteers and uh, get the word out. And uh, thank you so much for, for doing these, this with us and keep going. <laughs> Will do, Tatiana. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And uh, let's just keep plugging away and we'll get them all. Thank you for listening. If you're at all interested in volunteering or just want to learn more about our amazing project, please visit us at www.storiesbehindthestars.org.